Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 732, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Let's read the passage. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or who be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's writing this Gospel with a lot of Old Testament imagery to address a Jewish audience to try and convince them that Jesus is the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, the one promised by God in the Old Testament, and that they should place their faith in Him. He began with, some background concerning the birth of Jesus and the temptation of Jesus. Then he began the public ministry of Jesus, the healing ministry, which is drawing crowds, and then the teaching ministry, which was giving the actual instruction on how to know God. Now he's in the section, the Sermon on the Mount. It began with the Beatitudes. Then he talked about the distinctiveness of Christians. Christians should be different than the world. But Christians should be in the world and have an impact on the world. They started talking about the fulfillment of the law, that he did not come to abolish the law, they came to fulfill it. But in order to properly understand the Old Testament law and to properly apply it, you must understand Jesus' teachings. They gave six examples about what you've heard through the teaching of the law and what it really means, what the true application is, and it really comes down to the issue of the heart, not just blind obedience to rules. They talked about acts of righteousness, giving, prayer, and fasting, and how this is not what makes you righteous. Again, he talked about attitudes of the heart. Are you doing these things so that others will see you? Are you doing them to connect with God? And he ended that with the idea that your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now he's entering a section talking about material treasures versus eternal rewards. So in chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Don't store up for yourselves. We lose a little bit of the nuance here in English because that's almost like a don't do this in the future. But this is in the present tense in the Greek where it could almost be translated stop storing up for yourselves. So it's not don't do this in the future, but don't do it now. So don't store up these treasures on earth. It talks about the temporary nature of these things. Moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. Now, in that day, most people didn't have access to any kind of banking system. There was some banking systems that existed, but it wasn't 
used by your average person. And so your treasures were essentially things, stuff, either actual money or valuable commodities. And any of those are subject to decay because they're physical things or being stolen. And so he makes the point here that earthly things are just that. They're temporary and they, one, have no value after the present life. Also, they can either be decaying because of the physical nature of things or be stolen right by thieves. So the contrary to these earthly treasures would be heavenly treasures. So verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. So the contrast to the earthly treasures is the heavenly treasures. The heavenly treasures are not subject to the same issues of deterioration or being stolen. Then verse 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice he continues the idea of the heart. What matters is the condition of your heart. And so where your heart is, that means what you're really desiring, where your affections lie. Do you want the things of the earth or do you want the things of heaven? Now, this discussion of treasures in heaven, it's not defined. It's, it's not described what these treasures are. Just be careful about deciding what you think they are because they're not defined. And I think he purposely leaves them somewhat loose. Now, they're obviously described as being more valuable and permanent than the earthly stuff. Now, later on in, God, in Matthew's gospel, he's going to talk about inheriting eternal life. He's going to talk about inheriting the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world, but he also describes it as actually eternal life. So there's those things that you will inherit. Is that what he means by the treasures of heaven? But he doesn't define them. He doesn't describe them. And the concept of store up for yourself sounds like it's something that you do. There's a kind of this implication that it's these treasures are earned by our own efforts. However, later on, you know, these things tend to fall apart. That idea that these are things you earn. The parable that we'll see in chapter 20 of Matthew about the vineyard workers, those that work the entire day get paid a certain amount. Those that show up halfway through the day get paid the same amount. Those that show up at closing time get paid the same amount. The idea there that the reward you get is independent of the effort you put in. And he uses words like the first will be last, the last will be first. So there's all kinds of, of descriptions there with apply that what you receive isn't necessarily corresponding to the effort you put in. So these treasures in heaven are not really correlated to any earthly effort, but they do come from being part of the kingdom of heaven and aligning yourself with it. The issue is not the treasures in heaven themselves. The issue is the priorities. So the priority is focus on heavenly things, not earthly things. Heaven over earth. So is it wrong to have earthly wealth? No, he didn't say that. He's talking about priorities. And even in the Gospels, we see descriptions of Jesus and his disciples, then later in Paul's letters, they're all being supported by disciples who have 
earthly treasures, who have worldly wealth. And so it's not that worldly wealth is bad. The issue is the priorities. And here it kind of sums up in verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Is your heart dedicated to the pursuit of earthly treasure? Or is your heart dedicated to the pursuit of godly things? And he continues verse 22 and 23. And this uh, is, is somewhat confusing, at least to our minds. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? So what's this have to do with treasure? One thing, and then other, what does it actually mean? And there's a lot of debate on this, so it's hard to say exactly, but I think the best understanding of this is when he says the eye is the lamp of the body. Your, your eye is the visual intake of the world, which we receive through light. The, the light is perceived by the eyes, and that's why it's the lamp of the body. It says if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now, the word is translated healthy can mean a variety of things. And one of the things it can mean is essentially single. Could be an implication toward single-minded. And it's in this section about earthly treasures versus heavenly treasures. And so I think the, the nuance here is if your eye is singular, singularly focused on the things of heaven, that's a healthy eye, and because of that, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And within the context here, so what, what is your eye focused on? What is your, the pursuit of your life? Is, is your eye focused on the things of heaven, or is your eye focused on the things of earth? Things of heaven would be the healthy eye, which brings light to the rest of the body. If your eye is bad, focused on the earthly things, then your body's full of darkness. And even the words he used here, the, the light within you is darkness. So the light within you would be that light that comes in through the eye, but it's darkness. And he says, how deep is that darkness? So if the light within you is darkness, that's a pretty deep darkness. So I think the best understanding of this is the focus of, your, is your eye on the things of heaven or is your eye on the things of the earth? If your eyes focus on things of heaven, that's a good healthy eye. Singularly focused on the things of heaven. If you're focused on the things of earth, then you have a bad eye and it's not illuminating of the whole body. Numbers 24. No one can serve two masters since he will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I think this goes to the idea of that single, that word that gets translated as healthy, being single-minded versus double-minded. It doesn't work. You have to singularly be focused on the things of heaven. You can't be focused on the things of heaven and the things of earth. So you cannot serve both God and money. So the issue is priorities. What's your priority? What are you really pursuing? Are you pursuing treasures on earth or are you pursuing the treasures of heaven? That is the things of heaven, the things of God, the things of the kingdom. Again, it's not wrong to have 
material wealth, but is that the priority of your life? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at Matthew.